All right, y'all, we're back. Uh, Aubrey Marcus, my dear friend and brother, has graced us with his presence and a return to the show to discuss uh, many, many awesome things, many changes in his life. If you've been following his podcast or his social media, many of you are aware of his recent marriage and switched to monogamy, so much to discuss there. And uh, a lot on community, a lot on tribe, a lot on fit for service and um, this program that he's created and his upcoming book. So keep this short and sweet. I know you guys are going to dig this one. It was an excellent one. We got into a deep resonance and flow like we normally do. So uh, tons of good gems in this podcast. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. There are many ways to support this show. So leave us a five-star rating with one or two ways the show's helped you out in life and also support our sponsors they are uh, really what drives the show. So check out my friends at Sovereignty. They have a product that is uh, pretty much a, no a nootropic and an energy drink all rolled into one. It is one of the greatest supplements I've ever taken in my entire life. It's called Purpose. And it's the first to my knowledge that uses CGN. CGN is a cannabinoid. Uh different than CBD, different than a lot of the other cannabinoids out there in that it really does focus on helping the brain and it can really get you into laser-like focus. The thing that really sets us apart outside of the ingredients list is the fact that not only does it give you energy, but in doing so, you maintain higher levels of HRV. So most of you have heard of HRV, maybe you've studied it with Whoop or with Aura, but anybody who's worn a device like that, a self-quantification device, what you'll find is if you take something like Modafinil or even a Red Bull, anything that's going to jack you up, you're going to see HRV drop. You're going to see it go down. And that's not necessarily a good thing. It's not good for flow. It's not good for peace of mind. And oftentimes we can find ourselves, you know, wired with plenty of energy, but not really feeling peace inside. So the fact that this raises HRV at the same time as giving you more energy and locking you in from an entropic standpoint really sets it apart from anything that's ever been developed that I've ever had the opportunity to work with. And these guys actually came out to my house and tested me with something called HeartQuest. And we saw my HRV numbers shoot through the roof after consuming this. And metabolic activity went up as well, which means I was burning calories at a faster rate and had increased energy levels. Obviously, that's I could tell you that right now, but to see it actually on... Uh, verified, you know, through the HeartQuest device. It was really cool to have that um, backed by science. You know, just just an incredible product. These guys are doing a very special deal for the podcast right now for my listeners in particular. It's called your favorite money back guarantee. But one thing they're doing is if you don't like it, not only will they refund you 100% of however much you spend on purpose, but they're going to buy your favorite supplement in addition to that. So any nootropic that you like, qualia, any of these things that you like and have tried in the past, they will buy you a whole bottle of that as well as return 100% of your money. So this is a phenomenal deal. If you head over to Sovereignty.co slash Kyle, you can grab your favorite CGN. That is S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-T-Y dot C-O slash Kyle and grab yourself my favorite nootropic, my favorite energy drink, my favorite of all time. This stuff is the absolute best. Uh, check that out over there. And of course, we'll, we'll click to that in the show notes for you so you don't have to write everything down. Also brought to you today by Dry Farm Wines. These guys make the very best wine in the world. They source from really small, single origin, organic and biodynamically farmed wine operations that are doing it correctly, not just for the wine that goes to the end user like myself and yourself, but for the earth as well. And what you find is one of the cleanest, best products on the planet. It's really the only alcohol that I drink. It's certainly the only wine that I drink. One gram of carbohydrate per entire bottle or less. So it's a keto wine, definitely diet friendly. And they also limit the alcohol percentage. So 12.5% per volume on any given bottle, whether it's red or white or rosé, anything in between. And that's really important because I do like to have more than a glass of wine. I do like to try different wines. And certainly if I have friends over and we're cracking multiple bottles, it's nice to have a few glasses and know that I'm not going to get hammered, number one. And number two, the next day I'm going to feel pretty damn good. Um, obviously, you know, you got to drink responsibly. I think that's a slogan gets thrown around too often. You see it on Jack Daniels commercials on, on TV. But to be perfectly honest, I think... Um, it certainly always applies. So let me say that caveat because I've gotten some feedback on social media where they're like, yeah, you don't get a hangover. That's bullshit. But I've drank and keep in mind I'm 230 pounds and tolerance is different for everybody. I can have a whole bottle of wine with dinner 
and not have a hangover tomorrow. Now, that's going to be a different experience for every one of you, but this stuff is the very best, and it tastes fantastic. They go all over the world to source this stuff. You have Italian wines, French wines, South African wines, just all over the globe for the very best. You get to choose in your subscription, six red, six white. You can mix it up three and three. You can do whatever. If you like a bottle of wine, you can let them know that via email, and they will send you more of that particular wine in your next shipment. So a subscription-based, you go to www.dryfarmwines.com slash Kyle, and they'll give you an extra bottle of wine for one penny. It'd be free, but that's against the law. So dryfarmwines.com slash Kyle, get yourself a subscription today to the very best wine on the planet, and you will not be upset by that. We're also brought to you by my dudes at One Farm, making the very best CBD products on the planet. CBD has been shown to lower inflammation. It is great for pain and nagging injuries, also great for anxiety and sleep and cognitive function, a whole host of really good things. Typically, it's my favorite to take with a cup of coffee just for the fact that it's going to help balance out any energy issues I have in terms of feeling uneasy or feeling cracked out. Uh, also good right before bed, you know, and and just good throughout the day. It's a staple in my family in terms of how often we use a particular product. We use CBD from One Farm every single day, most of the time, twice a day. And these guys also have night creams and facial serums that are fantastic. Tosh has been using them her whole pregnancy. Absolutely loves it. Looks and feels younger. Go to onefarm.com slash Kyle. You'll get 15% off your entire order. That's onefarm.com slash Kyle for 15% off. Last but not least, we got a new sponsor. It's called Lucy, and it's founded by Caltech scientists who were former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative and has researched and been developed for three years. They created this nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that has three different flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. They also have a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine and cherry ice flavor. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, flight, work, on the go, even in the gym. So many of you are scratching your head right now. You may have, may or may not have heard me talk about the importance or how high I hold nicotine as a near and dear to my heart. I mean, it, it, there's no doubt about it. Tobacco in and of itself, undenatured, is one of nature's gifts. And many indigenous cultures looked at it that way. If you participate in ayahuasca, you'll find that they smoke mapacho, and that is considered a sister plant to ayahuasca itself. This is a sacred plant. But tobacco has been demonized, and most 99% of it that you're going to get in the U.S. is absolute crap anyway. So you want a really good clean product that's also smokeless. You know, like you're not going to be able to smoke even an organic pipe at work, those kind of things. So being mindful of others, airplane flights, things like that. And really important in times like this, not to mess with your lungs. The gum is one of the easiest solutions to that. Nicotine, the ultimate nootropic fits in to acetylcholine receptors in the brain, just like acetylcholine does. And that's why you see a lot of writers and comics and different people smoking cigarettes on stage, but F the cigarettes try the gum. Lucy is phenomenal. And you can get 20% off your entire order at lucy.co using promo code KKP at checkout. That is L-U-C-Y dot C-O and use promo code KKP upon checkout specifically for my podcast listeners. One more time, that's lucy.co promo code KKP, 20% off your fav- your order here, 20% off your order for Lucy nicotine gum. And this is an excellent entry point for people who have never experienced that rush of cognitive function. It, it is the real deal. All right, without further ado, my man, Aubrey Marcus. All right, you got less than an hour. So <laughs> yeah, thanks, to me, sh- that? Uh, <laughs> thanks to me Thanks to me showing okay. up late. Oh, look at that. We got the old timepiece going. <laughs> the old, we the got hour the clock. hour clock, the hourglass. It's been a minute before I've seen that hourglass go. I mean, well, it's a 60 minute hourglass, but it's been a while since I've used that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that thing got retired. No, it's, it's in effect. Well, we're back. I feel like, uh, I mean, we've seen each other a handful of times in the past couple of months here. That's unexcusable. It is unexcusable. Bullshit. But they've all been great. No question. And we've been doing a lot in the meantime. Absolutely. Yes, we have. Particularly, well, actually, both Both of us. us. There's no question. You know, like I was going to say, oh, you had a kid, but I got married. You got married. That's kind of like a significant thing. That is a very significant thing, especially considering your your past, right? Yes, indeed. That's a big one. Yes, indeed. I mean, I want to talk. Obviously, we've uh, reopened for the uh, final part of the year fit for service. And I definitely want to dive into that. I want to dive into community. I want to dive into everything that's happening in the world right now. Um, 
but definitely let's let's just let's just jump right in. Let's catch people up. To, I know you just released a podcast with Vailana on Aubrey Marcus podcast for my listeners. Speed people up here because this is uh, for a lot of people that have been just watching through social media or not quite getting you know the, yeah, the full picture. Bring us up to speed. Well, I think this really starts. I'll start when I was you know I was monogamous for most of my life, and I'm just not one of those individuals that has the temperament that I can be unfaithful like. Cheating on my partner is just not an option. Now, part of it is kind of my moral stance, but part of it is just the absolute anxiety and stress I feel from having to hold something <laughs> yeah. secret. I mean, I've done it one time in my life and it was a fucking nightmare. It was such a nightmare that I was like, that's it. Never again will I ever hold a secret in because I was just, it was burning me up. It was like tearing me up inside. So, Understanding that, I would go through these cycles of kind of serial monogamy. And I had other relationships with other, you know, that lasted a little longer. But for the most part, you know, I just needed that kind of novelty and that frequency of somebody new, partly because what I ultimately ended up finding is that I needed that validation. I needed somebody who didn't love me to start loving me so I could be redeemed through their eyes and say, oh, wow, I am lovable. I'm a real man, you know, <laughs> and I needed that from other people. And part was just the enjoyment, the enjoyment of meeting somebody else. I love people. So understanding that, I read Chris Ryan's book, and I'm sure you've talked about this a bunch. I understood that philosophically in a tribal culture, they had a lot of different ideas about sexuality and things were shared. Everything from the food was shared, the wealth was shared, the kill of the of the buffalo was shared, and many times the sexual rights were shared. And that's something that goes on to this day. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, I'm going in. And so I told Whitney, who was my partner then, and we were monogamous for about 18 months, I was like, look, I got to do this, you know, and I would love for you to join me on this journey. She's like, fuck you. <laughs> Peace, feast out. I, I started seeing somebody. She was seeing a couple different people, but we realized we loved each other, gave it a go. No respect for polyamory at all. I thought like philosophically, I understand this. Love should not be contained. Love should not be owned. It's free. Nobody should control anybody else's pleasure. I got this. And then I would see somebody and Whitney would be fucking torn up inside. And I'd be like, what is wrong with you? You know, like we agreed. <laughs> you, said <to> yes. <laughs> you said yes. And then fast forward, she starts seeing somebody. I'm crawling around on the ground, not knowing whether to vomit or punch a wall or cry for days on end. And I'm like, oh, I get it. This is harder than I thought it was. That continued in various different stages with us not only having you know the ability to explore people sexually, but with our hearts and, and loving each other, which was actually even harder. So that goes on, that entire learning experience and the, just the, the, beauty, the beauty of it and also the deep, deep challenge of it. And I wouldn't change a minute of that. I mean, I'm just so grateful that Whitney had the courage to join me in that journey and, and also the the sovereignty to actually allow me to sit in the in the challenge and in the struggle of it but then i started to kind of feel as i started to love myself more need validation less i started to feel a calling for instead of spreading that energy outward to many different people to just see if i could find a person and just go deeper and when i met vi you know who's my wife of ilana um that was like it was just really clear we did a ketamine meditation together. It felt like our souls merged and it happened fast. I mean, it was as somebody I'd known for four years and we had a really deep friendship. So it wasn't like I didn't know her at that yeah, point. Yeah, you had a deep friendship. There's obviously attraction there. You know, no doubt about no that. No doubt about that. No <laughs> doubt about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, the soul merger is kind of when things set off. The, the the rapid pace to we can no longer ignore this like taking the red pill no and i was never i've never been more sure of anything you know and that's the thing it's like takes me oftentimes a lot of lot of time and you know analyzing things and looking from the outside but when i'm sure i go and i go all the way and that was just what i did here i was like i'm sure and i'm ready and she was ready as well and it's been unbelievably beautiful and it's had its challenges but ultimately it's been one of the most healing things that i've ever experienced so for me i think the polyamorous journey was one of the most instructive things it was one of the things that taught me the most about myself and revealed the most about me and tempered me you know like like steel in the forge with the hammer of every person <laughs> whitney was sleeping with and every person she fell in love with more heat more fire and i got stronger and i, and I started to forge a blade where i could really handle my own emotions a lot better but there was a lot of damage as well, you know, like all of that heat, all of that pressure. And 
with this container, which is just this deeply loving partnership and union, so many of these other things have healed. Things about my physical health have healed, my mental, emotional health. I've never been happier. And it's just, it's really like one, one way has been the absolute best way for me to learn. And this has been the best way for me to heal. And I genuinely believe the best way for me to give the rest of my gift to the world with that kind of support. Now, will it have its challenges? Of course it will. You know, like I still love people. <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> like I'm going to be looking out and be like, oh, yeah, all other people suck. No, they don't. <laughs> all, all other people are awesome. But this is worth it, you know, and it's just about deciding what's worth it for whichever phase of your life. And I'm confident for this next phase of my life. Like this is the this is the way for me. Yeah, I love that, brother. And I think, you know, it, I remember talking to Duncan Trussell, who I had heard had an open or an open marriage and they had a child on the way. And, at, you know, when we when we sat down a podcast, he was like, oh, we're not open now. You know, and he was like, I, I, fuck all these labels, you know, like that was the thing we were doing. And then now we're monogamous and and I don't even fucking care to say that we're monogamous now. Like where we don't have other partners now. We're just it's just us. And then in the future, who, that, I mean, that'll fucking change. And then it did change in the future. And it's like this just ever flow of of what they're doing now and who gives a shit about what that label is. You know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard that in ancient Greece, they didn't even have a word for homosexuality. If men fucked men, it just fucking happened. It was sex. It wasn't, yeah. you know, this is dude on dude, this is dude on girl, this is girl on girl. It was none of that. It was just, this is making love. You know, in ancient Rome, who they also had a lot of man on man sex, but there was a slur for the guy who took it in the butt. <laughs> like you could call somebody that guy. And I remember that it would be scribbled on the walls. Like when Caesar came in and like claimed the emperorship of Rome, some people were mad you know they were mad that he did so they would write the slurs like caesar takes it in the ass <laughs> on like those graffiti on the walls caesar's the bottom <laughs> caesar's the bottom and that would be a slur which is also totally silly you know yeah. but there's like it's funny how so greece had nothing rome had like yeah yeah it's all cool but you know if you're a real man you know you're the <laughs> you top know, you're not you know so yeah. it's all these just like sequences of biases and then like you have somebody like jason ellis who's a lot more enlightened and it's like yeah, not being the bottom is like surfing and saying like, no, I don't want to barrel the wave. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that sounds like a Surfboards, much more. <laughs> I'm going to boogie board instead. I think it's cooler. <laughs> yeah. That's like a way more enlightened perspective. But I think there's so much shit that's attached to all of these things when it's just people loving each other and experiencing pleasure. And I think the world would be served by just removing all of these labels and containers and biases and slurs and judgments. Just being like, let's do this let's fucking do human and figure it out yeah it's 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 funny to me how much my experience has mirrored yours not in the exact timeline but pretty fucking close yeah really really close you know we through the influence of chris ryan and others and then of course through you you know being my best friend like we're like yeah all right this makes sense and then actually through the push from psilocybin and the journey we were in together to start open relationship for our own growth Mm -hmm. and uh you know to create tribe and you've got our tribe beads on right now and it's something i want to talk about as we dive into community but um really i didn't you know in my mind it's funny as you think about things like i'm sure when you started on it you thought you'd be ceo until the very end or maybe you didn't right but mm -hmm. you have like a picture of sure. how it's going to look and that shifts over time and i thought like all right this is what we're doing now and we're not going back and this, there's no right or wrong path they're both good they're they're both fine but this is what we're going to do until the end and you know fast forward two and a half years later and it's like no i'm good i'm yeah. good i got all my lessons <laughs> i got all it's almost like fighting i i was the hammer and the nail enough times to realize that i've right. received 90 percent of the lessons and if i want the the 100 of the lessons i'm not going to have a brain by the end of this <laughs> right right so if i want to the other 10 percent of the lessons i can extract from open relationship I might not have a wife, you know, I might not have a lot of things. And, uh, and I just think about that. Like we, we also were forged in the fire, you know, and, uh, what's so comical is, is Paul checks. And there's a, there's a, I don't know if Ryan can see that there's a beautiful, uh, mandala that he sent you. And he sent me one around the same time. And, you know, Paul's a special human. He just tuned into us, um, at that time, but it was, we hadn't spoken. It was right when we started open relationship. And uh, he goes, see if this, see if this painting I made for you guys resonates. And it's a, it's a 12 pointed star, but in the middle, 
it's just logs and a fire burning. It's just fire. Mm-hmm. And he titled it Being Together. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. So I was like, we got to talk now. So I, I, I let him know, you know, hey, we just started this and it's well beyond what I thought I was signing up for. Oh, yeah. And just, uh, you know, and, and that's just, I'm just saying that to say that it's, it's, we didn't stop doing it because of the challenges involved or the fact that it is harder than we, we thought on paper. Through doing it, we actually got better at it. We not only got better at being in relationship with others, but we got better at being in relationship with each other, which is really what it was all about to begin with. But in seeing that, the the desire for others has really fallen away, you mm-hmm. know? And I think about that, like the purpose of us doing open relationship was really to bring us together further mm-hmm. and to help us understand um, where are the cracks in our own relationship? Where are the cracks in our own psyche? Like how can we navigate the world and and what is what is the stress and the pressure and the thing that's actually going to cause us to grow that nothing else can really touch on something you mentioned to me like ayahuasca you know it has an end point <laughs> boga has an end point and that pressure of those is is unmatched arguably in plant medicines but maybe set aside the 30 gram dose but when you right. think about that they always have an end point this thing just keeps going and going as long as you're in it mm-hmm. and that pressure keeps building and i think about that thankfully you know we had people like yourself people like dr dan engel people like you know chris ryan that you know it's a it's a loaded max effort negative it's more than we can handle but we've got people on both sides of us lifting that weight back up when we come up and i think that's um been a critical piece in our journey but very much you know we're we're right in line there like let's let's get on this divine union let's see how deep we can take this within each other and and let's practice some of this cool shit jamie wheels talking about you know let's let's talk about that and start thinking about different ways we can create these um altered states of consciousness upon orgasm marrying sex magic with tantric you know and, and see where that takes us for novelty for you know reaching god consciousness and altered states you know in sex like all kinds of cool stuff on the table there but it's been a fucking wild ride, dude. No doubt. A wild man. ride. No doubt. You know, I think one of, for anybody who's looking to try it, I think I I still recommend it. You know, I still recommend it as like one of the greatest learning tools that's available. It's a fire, but if you're ready for the fire, like I I strongly recommend it. My my advice would be that really you still have to have just an unwavering commitment to your primary in order for it to be like productive because if everything you're doing with the end goal being this is going to strengthen our primary relationship and i think you got to get to a point where you're willing to fold all other cards to the ace and if you're in that place i think it's also going to be incredibly strengthening for the relationship where you know that at any given point that either one of you guys could throw up the towel and or throw up a finger and be like eh, i'm not feeling it you're like cool everything else is done yeah and respect you know, that and right? respect that and just know that the the primary reason that you're doing this is to strengthen the partnership i think in that case it can be even more productive for the relationship container as well and then i think looking ahead to the future this is something you mentioned as like tribe and community gets strengthened and really you have that sense where you really are mimicking what anthropologically and what a lot of other tribal cultures have which is everybody collectively working towards a common goal sharing everything collapsing these boundaries through all the rites of passage and all the vulnerability that you share i think in that kind of container i think polyamory is going to be a very common thing but in the in the wide world where we are now where there is no real sense of tribe and then people are just kind of sussing out whether the person they're with is their partner or whether they're 100 percent in or not it's uh it's treacherous still incredibly valuable to learn but it's going to be really difficult to pull off you know if you want to have that sustained union yeah yeah it's a tough piece i think uh i don't know if it was i think it might have been tim ferris he was talking about the fact that everyone that he's that he's ever seen go through this has failed in some way to make it work right and and while that it's easy to sit on the outside and say that can be true certainly if if my marriage had ended with Tosh, I would consider that a failure on some level to some degree, right? Because that was the thing that we had in mind of keeping. And so had that failed, had we had a broken home where, you know, kids have to split time with us. Yeah. I'd I'd call that a failure on some sense, but at the same time, everything's a win. If you're learning from it, if I'm not holding on to the bitterness of what 
once was, but I'm actually drawing from that as, damn, that was the hardest thing I ever happened and it ended this relationship. And now I have all these pieces to pick up and move forward. As long as I pick them up and move forward, I've actually transformed that into a lesson that I can take with me. Yeah. So I'm not sure that failure exists in any of those things, right? Certainly we could qualify the ending of the primary as failure, but thankfully that that hasn't happened with us. But um, I just think, you know, if we reframe everything that we're doing into what is my draw from this? What can I, what have I gained from this? Not what can I gain, but what actually did I gain from this? There's always something there. Mm. You know, even the hardest ceremonies, there's always something there. If you're open to it, absolutely. Reminds me, I saw a poem from NQ recently and he was saying, you know, one day my wife is going to send all of my former lovers flowers as thank you for making me the man I am today. You know, and that's really the, really the case. Like I can send all of Vailana's former partners and all of actually Whitney's other partners because of this polyamorous construct. Like they were, they were teachers for me, you know, so thank you you know thank you for all that and via the same way to whitney and to everybody else like those proverbial flowers and maybe actually physical flowers at some point it's not a bad idea but though that just gratitude for for providing the forge so that i can be the man i am today and the vi can be the woman she is today that you can be who you are tosh can be who she is you know that everybody can be who they are if you look at it like that like everything is everything is gratitude yeah, there's in the notes uh, a book we've read more than once, but in the fifth sacred thing, they talk about that water blessing. Mm-hmm. Bless all the sacred streams that flow into this river who have made the river, Yeah, right? Like every person you've ever been with is a stream that flows into your river, right? And they're, they're talking about that from a sexual standpoint and beyond, but really it is it is the beyond. It's all the ways we're influenced. It's all the ways we learn. It's all the ways we grow from one another that contribute to the stream that is uniquely you. Mm-hmm. And that's such a cool way to to kind of recapture, you know, what what it's been and what it is within yourself. Yep. And you know, I think the the key thing here and I know we're going to bridge into community, but you also you have to have a strong community. You have mm-hmm. to have people that you can just open up and share vulnerably and when you're wrecked, you'll be like, "Look, I'm fucking wrecked." And hopefully someone who can really see you and hold that and have gone through similar things like that was so essential for both of us. Like, how many times did we walk walk around the building together? <laughs> Even if we had almost no time during the day, you were on, all right, 107 degrees outside. Yeah, whatever, doesn't matter. Holes in my feet. Doesn't matter. Let's throw in a banger. <laughs> you know, throw in a snooze. We'll take this walk and we'll like share what's on our heart and it wasn't even so much that either one of us were giving each other great advice all the time just but we could hear it hold it like see it and just that feeling is so essential to have and like we need that for any challenge that we're dealing with whether it's a professional challenge personal relationship whatever like having people who can be there i mean i don't know how i don't know how you go through life effectively without it i don't think you can we're not meant to, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest draws from Sex at Dawn for me was understanding like, hey, collectively, we did this differently, right? And we did it differently, not only from a sexual standpoint, and it wasn't always the case with that, but we did it differently from, like you said, it, you know, everything is shared, everything is gift economy, you know, and, and, and even beyond that, like parenting, like anyone's a fucking parent, they're like, how does this work? I don't understand. Well, it, it's not supposed to work this way. The mm. nuclear family isn't supposed to be nuclear. It's not supposed to be two parents and fucking three kids. They're supposed to have grandparents in the mix and aunties and uncles and everyone around. And, you know, tribes like the Hopi wouldn't even let the parents parent. That was, they were too close. The grandparents taught the kids and the parents were able to go out and work and, and do the things that they still didn't lose that part of themselves. So when they could return from their work of the day, it was for play. It wasn't for teaching or being, you know, the the guidepost for your firstborn, secondborn children. It was to be simply, you know, the the playmate, the person they could love, the person they could teach in different ways. But the the bulk of that responsibility fell on the elders, the aunties, the uncles. And everyone was the parent. You know, plenty of tribes have one word for father and mother. And everyone, all the elders are called that. You've got eight dads, you've got 10 moms, that kind of thing, you know, and and everybody possibly could have been dad, you know? So you think about that and it's just a different, it's a different way of looking at it. And I think it's not to say 
hey, we need to go out and fuck everybody and all live under one roof and start a commune or any of that stuff. It's just to say, like, how can we show up for one another in a, in a way that's meaningful where our shared experiences can be the leverage point to give people new perspective and help them out in anything that they're facing. And I think that's where community really is a difference maker, not just for those that are trying to traverse open, but for those who are in a rut in a fucking 19 year monogamous marriage, for those who have their first born and have no idea because there's no fucking script on how to raise a kid in a modern world, for people that lost their job during COVID and fucking don't know what they want to do next. You know, I mean, there is every possible angle for what we're going through as a culture right now can you support all of it can yeah. and the best support is people who have experienced that it's people who not only have read about it but actually walk the walk and i think that's the beautiful thing that you've created with fit for service is something that not only you know it's not just a kind of a jack of all trades but an ace and none we've got aces in all trades and the ability to help others and you think about you know what they're doing what's the prerequisite when rick doblin is is teaching people how to be licensed nbma therapists they yeah. have to fucking do it. Yeah. You know, no you've got to have to go through that. It's not just read and learn with all the things to say. You have to bend on the other side of that coin and experienced it for yourself. So with the people that we're pulling in, the like-minded individuals that have become members of Fit for Service, I think that is one of the ultimate offerings as a part of community. But I want you to touch on this more because you've got uh, a lot going on with your writing right now. And I definitely want to touch, touch on that, but you're wearing our tribe necklace. Let's talk about what you had in mind when you wanted to recreate tribe and let's see how that pertains to the community that you've really fostered here with fit for service. It's interesting. Cause as I'm writing this book, I'm talking about the importance of having these true allies in a community. That's one of the 12 steps of the mind on this journey. Like we have to find our allies and whether that's a romantic partner or, or a true friend, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a community, it's, it's absolutely essential because that's the person that's going to hold up that mirror for you and also be able to hold whatever else that you're going through. Right. And, and hopefully provide that expertise that you're talking about, like be that ace in that, in that particular category that you can reach out to and be like, all right, what's going on? You know, like if I have a, something I'm, you know, trying to figure out with my diet or with like human optimization, that's an easy first call to you. And I'm like, hey, Kyle, what's up? And then there's other multiple different calls. Maybe it's Dr. Conover, or maybe it's Dr. Saladino, or maybe it's, you know, there's so many different people we have. We have aces. And then we also just have our Ohana, our chosen family. And I think back to some of the hardest times in my life. And then that was just when I didn't have that. You know, you have, I had actual family, like biological family. You know, I could talk to my dad, but he's from a radically different generation. And so we could talk philosophically and logically about things, but he didn't really know what I was going through. He didn't, couldn't feel it. He couldn't really hold that. You know, he did his best. So my mom for sure even even more different you know although sports she was a great athlete so i could talk to her about sports stuff but that ended pretty much out of high school unless i was you know stressed about some intramural basketball i was playing which i really wasn't <laughs> it was just fucking fun so and then and then what else and then i had like a couple other friends that i partied with and like but i didn't have that and so i felt fucking hella lonely and i was surrounded by a ton of people but just so lonely and so it was so hard because i didn't feel like anybody could see me and then i made that one first true ally that was bodie miller and that's when really my life changed radically i had like one individual who could really see all the way through all the layers and see me and wasn't afraid to call me out on my shit or like provide another perspective and that was like the first thing that changed it and then slowly more and more people started to go but not but really slowly you know it was slow at first and then eventually things started to pick up momentum you know the more that you put out your message it becomes like this lighthouse and the lighthouse attracts more people who are interested in the same thing interested in personal transformation interested in all this and then i think the culmination of that was when i was down doing wachuma which is the San Pedro cactus and with Don Howard. And it's of all the psychedelic medicines, it's perhaps the most tribe engendering, the most communal. Like ayahuasca, you're on your mat going through your own shit. And there's some stuff in the collective field for sure, but the lights are off. You don't see anybody. You're not interacting. You really just talk about it the next morning. 
you know, after you're done purging. Closing circle. Closing circle, yeah. So you, you don't really get to connect in the, in the medicine, in the process. Wachuma is totally different. And so you're going from the moment you take it in the, in the middle of the day, you know, and everybody's going through that ceremony. You're there with each other. You go out, explore the tribes, go swim in the sacred stream, come back on the boats, go back into the Maloka, experience like the second part of the ceremony around the Mesa. And you're just looking in each other's eyes and participating together. And the sense of community that I felt with the people that I was going through that Wachuma with really made me realize like, okay, like I see now how these different transformational tools can then expand the opportunity to bring people who are kind of close to a lot closer together. And that's when this original like seed of the idea for fit for service came to get, came in my mind. Like we can get people who are pretty close and then go through a journey together. And at the end of the journey, we're not going to be pretty close. We're going to be really close. And then there's going to be a tribe. And maybe that tribe doesn't all live in the same city, but they're there. And I think that's the advantage of the digital communication we have. Certainly it has its, its downfalls, but we have the ability to stay in touch with people all around the world at all times, just with some intentional effort. So as we see with the Fit for Service crew, it's the WhatsApp channel. It's going to be actually the, the native app that we're developing as well, where people can communicate at all times, the Slack channels, the the, in, the private Instagram pages, whatever else you can do, Facebook groups, however you want to do it, or just text chains. You know, like I know we have all have different groups of text chains where you just stay in touch. Like the group that I went through those initiations in Poland with, you know, going into the cold, doing the breath work. And breath work is a way to bring out so many emotions as well. It's uh, probably the most psychedelic of the non-plant medicine, non-substance rituals I'd say you so. can do. And the easiest to access, right? Absolutely. It's free, you always have it. Absolutely. Just like Limoff said, you know, it's just a matter of not only knowing the entry point, but having someone to guide you through that. And it's, it's awesome you're bringing that up because that is what's on the table here in our final summit for the year in mm -hmm. Sedona, you know, with, uh, with Anahata, you know, yeah. one of our beautiful teachers. The maestra of breath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's such a, it's such a powerful experience. I mean, I've seen, and we've both seen and, and facilitated some of the most radical transformations of any ceremonies, honestly. You know, people like where their hearts just absolutely crack open and people who haven't breathed in that kind of shamanic breathing and Wim Hof taken to the extreme. If you haven't gone there, you may be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, breath, all right. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, okay, okay. People are saying like John Wolf, people I respect, they're like, yeah. they say it's dope, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it. But I'm, I'm still looking at it kind of like... Um, you know, now I get to roll with a blue belt instead of a black belt. You know, like the ayahuascas, the abogas, the the large, you know, mushroom ceremonies, like that's going to remain in its own spot. And breath will be cool. It'll be cool because I'll get to learn about it and talk about it for people who, who maybe don't have the balls to go where I'm going. <laughs> right. And then it's like, oh, fuck. Like I'm having yeah. full blown <laughs> visions here. Yeah. Full blown visions. Yeah. You know? And like, you know, shaking, crunched up and then releasing and just the tears and the, and the, re-experiencing of you know your own sense of self-love and identity and any trauma that you've carried it's just the ultimate shakeout of the entire system and that allows everything that's been stuck in the crap in the crags and the cracks in your psyche and the shadows to just burst through and come out whether that's anger some people howling like wolves and and screaming in rage some people crying some people silently like in the peace and joy of the moment there's so many so many things that happen in that experience so knowing that we could create these without having to go down to peru and take a bunch of plant medicines you know maybe someday when it's all legal you know we'll all be able to do that but for now there's so many powerful transformational experiences from the temescal you know the sweat the heat the prayer the breath the ecstatic dance all of the different practices that we layer in for the community the result is you know i'd hoped that it would that it would yield this but it's been so much more i mean the group that starts is starts off like yeah all right these people seem kind of cool then by the end it's like fuck this is family like this is absolutely family and we've been in the room when people have shared some stuff that's like holy shit like you were carrying that and they'll just open up and share these things with the entire group and the whole group will rally in love no matter if they were perpetrator or victim of something that from an outside perspective from that casual judgment we're like wow that's fucking heinous but the group is there to receive it 
and then hold that in love and doesn't mean it's it's absent of either con- condemnation or you know excusability or justification it's absent of either it's just the that kind of non-committal like we love you no matter what and that's what provides the healing just seeing people go through these different healings it's been really fucking phenomenal man i mean it's and that's why we were talking before this podcast like fit for service for me is it's a forever thing you know it's like it's so valuable not just for the people but for us to be a part of that and to know that there's this revolving group that's ever expanding because once anybody who's been in it they're still they're still the same way they're still in touch with everybody they're still communicating it's like we're creating this larger and larger network and they're starting their own groups and it's creating this kind of ripple effect and when i look out with optimism at the world like this is one of the big things is that people starting to form tribes again you know groups where they can just absolutely feel like this is this is my chosen family and that's uh that's the beauty of what this is it's that proof of concept from that thing that i'd kind of felt and needed when i was younger intuited and and understood when i went through the wachuma with don howard and now we've actually created at relative scale with fit for service and of course we're limited to that 150 person number that dunbar number which is like the maximum amount of people you can really feel bonded in a tribe so it can't be for the whole world but hopefully it gives people this inspiration to form their own 150 and that 150 every person there forms their own 150 or whatever 12 it doesn't even need to be 150 right it can be at whatever scale you want to develop it could be fucking three but either way like feeling that sense of belonging and that sense of tribe that's going to change that's going to change everything you know that's that along with all of the transformational practices and medicines so yeah as fucking gnarly as shit may look out there in the world there's some really powerful ways to kind of correct all of that as it spreads and i see that happening yeah it's 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 uh it's funny how paradoxical life is in in the land of duality you know but as we see shit hit the fan and probably every facet externally in tandem i've never felt better internally and i know that you that resonates strongly with you and i know there's a lot of people in our group that resonate with that as well because of the community you've formed one thing fit for service has done for me is it you know fighting for me gave me a burning desire to learn more and and because it would show up in fights like if i don't learn this thing it's going to result in me possibly getting my ass kicked and i just went wherever intuition took me into mobility into cold therapy and wim hof breathing into all these different avenues largely based on performance but also you know breath work led into meditation and different aspects of how do i quiet the monkey mind when i've got someone trying to kill me those kind of things <laughs> too right and i've never really experienced that since i mean both of us have podcasts both of us enjoy sharing via the podcast as we are right now because we know it's touching people we know it's getting through to people and and through the comments we get on instagram or on you know whatever Podbean, we can see that it's working or you know we run into somebody in santa monica and they're like dude the episode you did on blah 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 completely changed my life and i lost 100 pounds or this happened and that happened and it's like wow okay that's cool it is working but that's a little bit delayed compared to what we see in fit for service and that to me has been the single thing the single spark that has ignited me to to passionately follow anything that I'm guided towards, you know. And it's not I want to learn everything to spit out everything. That's not mastery anything. That's you know mastery of everything is mastery of nothing. Something like that. I'm butchering that. Makes <laughs> <laughs> sense to me. But um, you know the I think what I'm getting towards is in fighting. I just let my intuition guide me to what was the next important thing. And fighting was the fire that made me do that. And fit for service is the fire that keeps that going right now. Right. And it's not that I need to, you know, oh, people are having problems with this. So I'm going to read this book and try to digest it for them. No, it's not it at all. In a way, it is very much my own self guiding me towards stuff that I want to know. But in doing that and in you doing that for yourself and Godsy doing that for himself and Caitlin doing that for herself, that medicine trickles out into this community at a rapid pace. And the beautiful thing is to be able to see that ripple in real time, is to be able to see and not just hear about it, but feel it in the hug but know it in the in the the whimper in the communication and the cry that comes out as people open up yeah. to actually see that 
very viscerally and feel it deep inside us that knowing that whatever we're working towards and whatever we're collectively working towards, it actually does matter. It actually is changing lives. And that's that's exceeded my expectations tenfold. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I was talking to Vi and you know, she's gone through and anybody listen to my podcast with her on my on uh, my show, she'd gone through a lot of hardship, a lot of challenge in her life. And she'd kind of kept most of that to herself and really kind of held that held that to herself and as she's been exposed to the fit for service community and started working with people and also through the podcast and different people i was explaining like the ultimate alchemy the thing that makes anything that you've gone through worth it step one you learn for yourself and you have the gratitude for what it taught you but the step two of this alchemy that really makes it complete and makes it really worthwhile is when you can share all of the lessons of every pain that you've gone through and someone else can look in your eyes and be like i experienced the exact same thing oh that sexual violation that happened to me and like you can hold that for them and be like i went through the same thing and then hold that for them and see how your experience can make them feel seen and and connected and not alone and like that's the ultimate alchemy is and that's i think one of the reasons why being of service is so valuable and so important is because it provides the alchemy of every hardship that you've ever gone through because when you can go through it and you've made it through then you can help somebody else make it through their own and you know they're gonna you know help somebody else make it through their own and it becomes this chain this chain of events that's incredibly valuable and you know every different thing whether it's actually literal the exact experience you went through or just the the forging from all of those cumulative experiences that you can bring every set of skills you have and it becomes like something that i think is the most pleasurable thing we can access we like we think of the most pleasurable things well for my birthday this last year i decided i was going to facilitate breath work with anahata because why because is that because like i was being absolutely altruistic no that was a part of it but another part of it is it just feels the best for me when i can be a part of someone else's growth and transformation like what that does for me like there's no way to give a gift and not receive at the same time it's not possible so like if you think that you're being selfless like yeah in a way you're helping somebody but it's the absolute greatest gift that you can give yourself is to be of service starts again and that's why we call it fit for service starts with you but the act of being of service to somebody else is going to be the thing that is going to be the greatest gift to you as well so that's like that's another aspect that i think people are denied you know you can get so locked in this thing where you're not offering nearly a fraction of your gift to the world so you're not receiving nearly a fraction of the reward back yeah, there's a, a brilliant article that that someone just wrote on the Rolling Stone. I'll link to it in the show notes, or Ryan, I'll send it to you and have you link to it in the show notes. Yes, I love saying that. It's been a hot minute. Um, <laughs> we will have show notes for this episode. Uh, and uh, you know, they talk about the breakdown of America, and you know, that's stemming really from. Uh, an idea of the 50s that may or may not have ever really taken place to the pushback against the the 60s and the 70s and the push for individuation you know the push for the individual the push for self-realization and not in the sense of the self-realization we're talking about the self-realization they talk about in the vedanta treaties self-realization in the sense of like all the accolades of being wealthy all the accolades of you know whatever success is measured by the western model mind can can put around that then that push really was what drove us away from community it's what drove us away from having multi-generational families and shipping off grandparents to elderly homes it's it's what broke down um a greater sense of purpose you know and, and paul check I'll, I'll link to this as well since i got ryan here the i we all model of love which he has i think a four-part series on youtube that absolutely expanded my mind you know kids go through this i phase and there's a lot of kids that grow up and wear adult suits that are still fucking big kids and they still look at it through the i model how can i be served me 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 more 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 and you shift that consciousness grows to the we model who is my one-on-one -on -one relationship right now that i actually care about just as much as i care about myself and if we continue to develop that consciousness does shift to the all and then all can mean 
very different things. It can mean the all of my, you know, uh, extended family. It can mean the all of my community and where I live. It can mean the all of, you know, the nation that I'm in, or it can be the whole world. It can be the entire cosmos, the multiverse, however far you stretch that all, that's what it can encompass. And I think the more we start to touch on service to the all, the more not only do we develop personally, but the more meaning and purpose our life has. Like it's so fucking gratifying to have something that matters more than yourself and to have a means of how to affect that, right? It's not enough to say the world is broken. This is all going to shit. What's going to happen to the economy? How are we going to die next? It's, it's to actually have like-minded people that are doing the work to spitball ideas off of and to come up with real world solutions that affect people on an individual basis right now, you know, to be the change you wish to see, right? Yeah. It goes against some aspects of human nature to expand it to everything. And I think not against, but it, it's a stretch. It's a big stretch because I think we are wired to care about that much about our chosen family, our Ohana, our tribe, right? And that's why that Dunbar number exists. It becomes a lot more challenging. You really have to have an amazing spiritual grounding and an imagination to really see everybody as you beyond the judgments, you know, as our our friend Ted Decker says like the love that holds no record of wrong. Like there is no judgment in love. And like Paul Selig is always talking about, like don't put somebody in the cave of your judgment because you're just going to be there right there with them. The moment that you're judging them, because at the universal truth, that person you're judging is you living a different life. It's still you. So you can't judge you and not be in judgment yourself. It's not possible, but that requires like just a, a big leap from what we're like wired and programmed to be and that is i think the ambition of you know that we all should have is to get ourselves to the place where we transcend our biology like our biology is great let's celebrate it but we can also intentionally work to transcend it with our spiritual understanding and our philosophical understanding of the world and i think that's what very few people that we can look at have it feels like they've really achieved ramdas is one of them you know i was able to see don miguel ruiz and and know that like wow it is possible i've seen somebody who lived like that and that's a it's a great goal to have but at the at the baby steps just feel that way about anybody you know like use any single relationship you have and that's another thing that ramdas talks about use any relationship you have where you can look at them truly the same as you look at yourself and look at them without judgment you know practice all of that unconditional love with anybody use that as a lever to pry you into the ability to start to practice i i, I got it with my wife cool now let me try with a slightly larger group okay cool i'm, I'm kind of getting it and then a little larger group and then a little larger group and i think that's the progression the progression is just find it with somebody if you don't have anybody of course start with yourself i don't think you can achieve it without actually having that same unconditional self-love it's hard to have that with anybody but you can also use an individual to help spring you into that radical self-love for yourself as well like it's sometimes easier to love another individual more unconditionally than you love yourself especially i imagine with kids you know <laughs> yeah. like like you can really love them without judgment but when you look at yourself you have judgment but anything that you have that you can love in that kind of radical unconditional way like know that that's an incredibly valuable thing because that can be the lever to spring you into this more integral level of consciousness i love that and i love the example you use on kids because it's funny we don't it, you know as many have stated you can only love someone else as much as you love yourself the same is true for compassion you can only have as much compassion for someone else as you have for yourself and when my inner critic is strong I'll have to remind myself because my inner critic comes out to critic others, to criticize others. And, and if I'm super hard or just on bear's ass about anything and Tasha's like, hey, is everything all right? And it's like a gentle reminder of like, oh yeah, here I am being ultra strict. And like, <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. He's only five years old. Like, yes, of course. He's a five-year-old. What, what, what? Oh yeah. Like there's like a wake up, a moment of, and then why? All right, let me meditate on this oh, my ducks aren't in a row internally. My mind is fucking all over the place right now on the inside. And I've got a lot of inner judgment going on too. So maybe if I start to unpack that and surrender to all that is and move from the mind down into my body, then that'll be reflected upon him mm -hmm. and everyone else that I'm around. And I, you know, it is, 
you know, there's an old football quote, yard by yard, life is hard, but inch by inch, life's a cinch. Hmm. And I love that because it's, you can read a book, you know, any of these great spiritual books, and they talk about, you know, one of my favorites from the Bhagavad Gita is enter into a state of samadhi as many times as necessary until you begin to see God in all things, right? But you can bridge that. Yeah, because it's very hard to just go from all right. I love my wife, and now I'm fucking one with everything in the sacred hoop. <laughs> you know, all yeah. my relations, I see it all. Yeah, you don't quite make that jump in one whack, right? It does take time, but <clears throat> I think with what you're organizing within this group and how that continues to evolve and continue to manifest in very real world practical experiences that we bring to people not just on paper, not just through word, but through self-experience and um, direct experience, direct knowing that that is starting to change people in a rapid way. Mm. All at the same time, you've been writing your next book, <laughs> which is <laughs> fucking... Hypothetically writing my next book. <laughs> Talk about that. Talk about what's going into that and really how that's mirroring your thoughts around what Fit for Service is and what it's becoming. Well, writing this book is really interesting because when I wrote my last book, I had so much ego motivation that was still present. Like I wanted to be a New York Times bestseller. I wanted to make more money. I wanted to, you know, have this big book tour. And it was like right in the throes of polyamory. I had three girlfriends and I wanted four at least. I'm going to fuck everybody. You know, like <laughs> get so, me on tour. Yeah. So like this motivation was a good part of what, got my butt in that seat and was like i'm gonna fucking do this i'm gonna crush it i'm gonna kill it when people read these pages you know they're gonna like they're gonna learn so much that they're gonna just be filled with this passion for me but it was about me a lot and yes it was about serving with the right information because that was the vehicle that i could reflect so much of that you know adulation back upon myself and that was a lot of that happened subconsciously too it's not like i was thinking about that but i could feel that being the motivation Things have shifted. You know, my ego is not as hungry for validation anymore. I love myself so much more radically that it's not dependent upon these external things like you talked about in the 50s. Like it's not dependent upon what I accomplish and what I do to make me feel better about myself. And now that I'm in a monogamous sacred union, it's not going to get me laid, this book, <laughs> right? And on it is doing incredibly well. It's not about the money that the book is going to bring either. So it's a purity of purpose with this book which is great which is the which is the way this is the future this is the rest the way that the rest of my life is going to be organized but it's like i have a i had a dirty coal burning fuel source of my own ego and my own desire for the sensual pleasures of the world and now that engine's like okay that engine's offline now you only have like the solar powered love generated altruistic desires to create the best book for the world period you know, and I'm sure there's still a little ego and there's little sputtering coal engines that are flying in like guardians <laughs> of the galaxy and giving me a little push here or there. But for the most part, it's like a real purity of purpose. And for a while there, I was kind of wrestling with that because it's just an, it's an adaptation and I'm just settling into settling into engaging in this giant project with that in mind. And the most valuable practice of that is to just imagine the reader and really make it concrete because i think one of the issues is when these are the uh, just an instagram handle or kind of a nameless faceless person it's hard to like really give a shit about them enough of course i care but if you don't know anybody it's like if you watched a movie imagine you watch braveheart and you didn't get to know murrin right william wallace's first wife was well, his only wife but you didn't get to know murrin before she was killed Right? you didn't get to know it well you wouldn't really have that same visceral reaction that set you up in this revenge lust for the rest of the movie like get him wallace get him <laughs> you know you wouldn't feel that unless you really like got to see murin and you got to love her and all all good movies know that like you got to like get inside somebody and really see them and know what they're about and then you really care about helping them so for me what the practice has been is just every day when i sit down to write imagining a different reader and i'll give them a name george ashley zach lauren whoever else and i'll just think about them reading the book and think about them in their life and everything they've gone through and know that my words in some way have to be medicine for them and that's the the only way that i've been able to to get through the writing that i have so far and it's the only way that i'm going to be able to get through this book 
and it's absolutely the right way it's this is this is the way as the mandalorian you know says like this is the way is to is to really write with that purity of purpose and so you know i'm grateful to be in the spot that i'm at it's definitely has its own set of challenges again because i'm i'm missing that you know dirty fuel source that push where i, I can be like well all right but you know someday i'm going to be sitting on top of a nightclub somewhere and just be like <laughs> yeah what's up everybody you know like that's that's gone and um but again it just goes back to that goes back to that radical love radical love for those that you're serving and if you have that there's no greater motivation than that like any of these other motivations that you have they can be temporary they can give you a little push and i'm not saying don't use them i used them i used them to great success especially when they're bent to noble means you know like you're doing a noble thing and you're trying to gain the accolades from those noble things that you're doing but nonetheless it's still an impure fuel source like the purest fuel source is that radical love and to get to that radical love for the people you don't even know then that's a, you have to use your imagination you have to create that story in your head about who you're serving and care about that person so much that you almost are ready to cry for their story that you've made up in your own head and if you're ready to cry for them and you're ready to bleed for them you'll sit your ass in that chair and you'll put those words out or whatever your project is or whatever you're trying to offer if you're creating a product like think about that person that that product is serving any post that you make think about that person who needs that more than anything that day and that's going to give you the motivation and overcome all of that resistance and um and that's really kind of what i've been practicing and, and learning through this book writing process but it's been a, a beautiful beast man incredible brother yeah. well i know you're out of time uh let's talk here real quick aubrey marcus podcast obviously i'm sure everybody listening to my show listens to yours outside of that aubreymarcus.com slash ffs is that right fit for service fit for service all spelled out we'll link to that it'll be the first thing linked to in the show notes so you can just one click it there uh open enrollment right now for the next couple of weeks so make sure you sign up if you want to be a part of this and if not continue to draw from both of us via our podcasts and when your book comes out what is the title going to be do you have master your mind master your life i love it beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. i love you, easy my friend. simple simple thing to cover <laughs> just mastery of the mind no big deal <laughs> phenomenal all right we're out yep oh. fuck yeah bro that's awesome man